Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. You're listening to Prime Time on Money FM 89.3. I'm Rachel Kelly, and it's time now to catch up with our friends at Bloomberg to find out about the stories that they're tracking in the week ahead. Today, we're joined by Ruth Carson, senior currency reporter at Bloomberg. Uh, Ruth, welcome back. Thank you. Great to be back. Good to have you with us, Ruth. And you just published quite an interesting story over the last few days. I mean, it was Super Bowl weekend in the US, and it seems... The prices of everything have gone up on the back of inflation. And you recently wrote an article about the U.S. halting imports of avocados ahead of a usually guacamole-filled weekend. I know we're going to get to Forex in a minute, but let's talk about this, that block potentially pushing up prices. What was the cause of that? Gosh, yes, talk about timing, right? Yeah. The uh, Super Bowl is usually the biggest day for guacamole consumption in the U.S. I mean, who doesn't like some buffalo wings and guac and salsa, right? But as the Rams were beating the Bengals, there was a bit of trouble brewing in the background. The uh, U.S. had halted avocado imports from a region called Michoacan, mm. one of Mexico's major producing regions after a security scare. So the U.S. told Mexico that one of its officers who was carrying out inspection work had received a threatening threatening call to his cell phone. Now, to put this into context, Michoacan is an agricultural region. It has its fair share of trouble and is home to the world's biggest producer of avocados, which is a billion-dollar trade. So the U.S. has said that they're assessing the threat, and in the meantime, they're going to halt all avocado imports from there. The timing was ironic, though. As, it, as you pointed out, Rachel, it came just a day before the Super Bowl, so Americans would have been able to enjoy their guac on Sunday, but things might get pricier going forward after this. And speaking of things getting pricier, Ruth, U.S. inflation hit a record four-decade high of 7.5% in January, surpassing market expectations. What impact has that had on the dollar so far? Yeah, it's been an absolute roller coaster ride <laughs> of the dollar and currency markets in general. Mm. Um, the dollar rose about 5% last year as everyone was betting on higher U.S. interest rates and treasury yields. And if you look at where the dollar is today, it's back to flat as a lot of people have sort of front-run the Fed and other central banks from Europe to New Zealand, even Singapore, are playing catch-up with being mm-hmm. mortgage as well. So something to bear in mind, but don't write off the dollar just yet. The Fed's going to be leading the charge when it comes to raising interest rates aggressively, according to markets. And if treasury yields go higher, that would give dollars the dollar another boost. Likewise, if the tensions in Ukraine and Russia continue to escalate, the dollar tends to benefit benefit from haven demand as well. So it is the world's reserve currency after all, one to watch very closely. And speaking of watching closely, as you mentioned, everyone's going to be keeping a close eye on the Fed's anticipated rate hike in March. What can we expect, Ruth? 50 basis points? Oh, gosh, that's a million-dollar question, mm. isn't it? <laughs> as you pointed out before, inflation is going gangbusters in the U.S. and it's running so hot with Bond yields rising, and that's prompting Wall Street to increase its calls. Uh, and that's that the Fed will raise interest rates by half a percentage point. For example, Citigroup's calling for that, Deutsche Bank's calling for that, and you've got analysts at Goldman Sachs seeing the Fed raising rates seven times this year. Now, that said, though, most Fed officials who have commented on this have opposed a 50 basis point hike in March. Markets are not buying it. They're pricing in that half a percentage point high. So it makes for a very interesting standoff, um, you know, as the clock ticks down too much.
Just moving away from the Fed for a minute, Ruth, I mean, we've got to talk about the divergence between the Fed's anticipated action and what's going on with the PBOC. I mean, the PBOC seems to have switched to being a bit more dovish. That said, though, it seems to be leaving economists divided over whether it needs to cut interest rates for a second month to boost a faltering economy. What are your thoughts? It is mm. a standoff between the two world's two largest economies. Yeah. And it is in mix with fascinating market movements, as you correctly pointed out. So as Treasury yields continue to rise in the U.S. Bond traders and bond investors would naturally look for places um, that uh, have central banks who are left hawkish. So China is definitely a key destination. One to watch as things develop because uh, bond yields are continuing to trend lower in China uh-huh. just as the U.S. continues to rise. Could we get to a point where Treasury yields actually trade higher than China bond yields? It could happen. And if that's the case, it would get, uh, it, the last time we've seen this was more than a decade ago. So definitely something on everyone's minds uh, as the Fed raises interest rates and China continues to maintain its dovish policy. And speaking of something on everybody's minds, we've all been closely monitoring the situation between Russia and Ukraine. What impact has that had on currency markets? I think you've hit the uh, nail on the head mm. there in the sense that it's been front and centre, not just in Europe, but you know everywhere from Asia to the US. And um, the tensions have really sparked a rush to haven efforts like US Treasuries and the right. US dollar and Japanese yen. So the yen, for instance, rose nearly 1% on Friday alone after US officials warned that Russia could soon take military action against uh, Ukraine. Today, we're seeing the sell-off in risk-sensitive currencies continue. In Asia, that means... Traders are selling New Zealand's dollar, the Australian dollar, and the Russian ruble has also weakened more than 1% uh, to a two-week low. So everyone's basically looking for safety uh, in this turbulent environment. And until we see things stabilise, I think we're going to continue to see selling of the risk-on currencies and the havens getting a bid. And while everyone's looking for safety, Ruth, what are you going to be looking out for in the week ahead? I'm sorry to be boring, but <laughs> Russia and Ukraine will be at the forefront of how markets will swing and everyone will be will be keeping their eyes on that and uh, any developments on that front. Uh, Economy-wise, we've also got US PPI coming up on mm-hmm. Tuesday. Importantly, the Fed's minutes on Wednesday that traders will be keeping very close tabs on and several Fed speakers will also be giving speeches. All in all, in all a very busy week ahead. Okay, Ruth. Well, far from boring, I have to say that. But Ruth, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today and for all those updates. Very welcome. Thank you. We've been speaking with Ruth Carson, Senior Currency Reporter at Bloomberg. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app, that's A-W-E-D-I-O, available on Google Play or the App Store.